still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad that we've come to worship that God today? Amen. Amen. Maybe I'm alone, but this week, it's been one of those weeks where you're kind of like Job and you say, I looked before me and I didn't see him. I turned behind me. He wasn't there. To the left and the right, I looked, but I couldn't find him. And then you just kind of lean back on the scripture that says that he'd never leave me. He never forsake me. He's still the same. The righteous has never been forsaken. And so that's why we still have a reason to worship. Because the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And he never changes. And his word says it, that it means it's true. And even though I can't see it, I might not feel it, I know that God's still for me. And if I'll be faithful and just give him praise, it'll all work out for me. And all things work for the good of them that believe, of them that love the Lord. You believe that with me? He's doing it tonight. Amen. Let's continue our worship with our giving, tithes, and offering. If you're prepared to do that, I invite you to the front as we give unto the Lord. shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Ties and offerings. Upon the authority of your word I have given, and it shall be given unto me. Pressed out, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither, and I pray, bring my tithe and offering today into your storehouse. Therefore the enemy is rebuked, and the curse is broken. I live under an open heaven, and you pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, and royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in, and I am blessed going out. And all that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. We say it by faith because we believe it. We say amen. And it's so today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This weekend, Brother Hughes is going to be with us. Thank the Lord for that. Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 6 p.m., and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, he'll be with us. So let's prepare our hearts this week, the remainder of this week. Let's be in prayer. God's going to move. God's going to help us this weekend, and I'm excited about what he's doing. Amen? Amen. If you have a need in your body, you'd like God to meet that need, you'd lift your hands. Uh, the Rawlings family, they're in need of prayer tonight. I believe that God's going to touch them. And Sister Taylor Riley, she's also in need of prayer. I believe she had a fever today. She's not feeling well. And I believe the hand of God is going to go where she is tonight. And she's going to be restored before this service is over. Her health is going to be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that with me? If you've got a need, would you lift your hands? If you have a situation you'd like to take before Him, 
name that situation to him and together as the body let's go and pray Jesus we're so thankful for the word of God and your name to be able to know your name and its power by the authority of the name of Jesus we declare healing in this place Lord I pray that your hand would go forth to every person that's not here because of an illness or because of a situation that would keep them from the house of God I pray that your favor would be upon them your hand would be upon them. There would be miracles, signs, and wonders and open doors and opportunities for the testimony of your gospel for your glory would be revealed. God, I believe that there's miracles here today. I believe lives are changing today. I believe minds are being touched today by the power of the name of Jesus. You believe that with me? Why don't we lift our hands, lift our voices, and let's continue to worship Him together.
here in the house of the Lord. God's got something very special for you, Fernando. Very special. I see the hand of God on you so evident. So evident. What you think is God's a million miles away. You hear this preacher. This is the one time you come. You'll never forget, hopefully, what I'm about to tell you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. And where people walk out on us, Fernando, and life throws us a curveball that I didn't have the hit to catch the ball, and I got knocked in the face. You hear me? God's got enough resources in heaven to pick me back up again, to heal me, put my mind back together, and give me the strength that I need. God's got that for you, Fernando. I believe in you. Glad you're here. Well, I'm going to pull a Brother Kraft tonight. I don't know what in the world to do. Y'all can go ahead and move that pulpit, Brother Fontenot. I'm not going to use it tonight. I, I want to preach. I want to preach. I studied and read and did all that stuff. But uh, I, I feel something here tonight for somebody in the Holy Ghost. And uh, never preached this like this uh, that I can recall. But you know what? Who knows? <laughs> preach some things so long and so many times you don't know Brother Wade sometimes what I said or what I didn't <laughs> kind of all runs together sometimes but I do feel a very clear uh, direction my dilemma is do I teach because I know uh, the benefit of teaching and uh, I'm so thankful for what God's given us thus far but then I just feel boy that just old churning in my spirit man it's a mixture of the prophetic. It's a mixture of pulling a sword and just wanting to just cripple the enemy. And then it's triage, wanting me to bring bandages to some that's been wounded on the field and just kind of mend up some of your wounds tonight. Just kind of say, hey, it's, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it in the end. It's going to be worth it. If you got your Bibles, <clears throat> I want to read. think hang on a minute yeah Exodus 13 Exodus chapter 13 and let's start with verse 17 media brother Ron have for me uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 just write it down Lexi 8 and 2 and then uh, Acts um, chapter 7 and um, about verse maybe 10 or something like that, 9, just tentatively write that. We'll maybe get to it if we can. 17, it came to pass that when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. There was a shorter route they could have took, and a shortcut to the promise. But God said, no, I'm going to lead you a different way. For God said, lest preadventure the people repent. What that means is not that they begin crying and repenting. The word repent there means they turn. That the people see the war 
and the battle and they turn around and go, let's go back to Egypt where we had it comfortable and we didn't have to fight. But God let the people about through the way of the wilderness. They're not in the wilderness yet. Of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. The word harnessed there. I'm giving you these definitions ahead of time because I may never get to them. Harness means order. They left out of Egypt in order with no confusion. Out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph. Verse 20. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham. Now here. In the edge of the wilderness. Which proves they weren't in the wilderness yet. They're at the edge of of the wilderness and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud led them by the way by night pillar of fire to give them light to go by day of night he took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people God led them by the cloud but yet they got mad at Moses for bringing them into a battle I want to preach tonight to somebody the promise is in the wilderness. Now I'm going to read this scripture one more time. I gave you the title, but then let's go back. I'm going to read this scripture. They encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. The word wilderness there comes from a Hebrew, two Hebrew words. The root Hebrew word, though, transcribes or translates promise. Now come on, think with me tonight. Who'd ever thought wilderness, you think of wilderness, forget where we are in the woods. This is not the wilderness like you and I would be accustomed to. This is rugged terrain, dry, barren, rocky, mountainous. It's not a place conducive for just great living at first. Promise is in the wilderness. In the wilderness. And I can't live on the edge of the wilderness. Lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us tonight. Jesus, God, I need your help tonight. Let my mind be clear. Let our heart and mind be in unity. God, let this not be a waste of time tonight. We, we came here tonight because we're hungry. Speak to every heart tonight. Speak to the heart, the mind. God, let it be your will and plan that unfolds before our very eyes. I pray it tonight in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Find me Deuteronomy, Brother Ron, that scripture I gave, 8 and 2, real quickly. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. This text that I read, it starts with Pharaoh had let the people go. Just leave that there, Brother Ron, for a second. Pharaoh had let them go out of Egypt. But Pharaoh was relentless in his approach to them. I want you to just kind of for a moment take, take the road or the journey with me in your mind. I know there's distractions here tonight. Try to gird your mind and, and stay with me in the Word of God tonight because God really very clearly wants to speak tonight to somebody. 
Pharaoh, we know, is a type of the enemy, the adversary. Egypt, a type of the world. Sukkoth was a type of Holy Ghost baptism. The Red Sea crossing was a type of baptism in Jesus' name. Canaan land is not a type of heaven. Canaan is a type of the promise that God has for you and I in this time. Not heaven. It's a time that God wants to give us now. He told Jacob, he said, I want to give you a hundredfold in this time. There's some things that you and I are not going to have to wait for to enjoy in heaven. But there's some things that God's going to give to the faithful and the righteous now that you're going to partake of a hundredfold blessing in this time. You know why? Because God knows he can trust you. You're not going to get intoxicated on the blessing. You're not going to get drunk on the promise. But you're going to keep reaching for the things of heaven and understand that this is just something because I've been faithful and God's word is true. I'll make you the head and not the tail I'll make you above and not beneath Pharaoh don't want to let him go so Pharaoh now is quickly following behind the children of Israel and God says I'm not going to take you through the land of the Philistines I'm not going to take you the shorter route Well, don't we wish that God would give us the shorter route? Thank God for cliff notes in college. Or a wife in front of me that I could pull some things off her paper. God said, I'm not giving you a shortcut. There's a reason I cannot do that. Because when you face this first enemy, before you ever even get to the wilderness... Canaan land, if you see the enemy, you're going to want to turn around and quit. And what I'm finding here for the end time, there's such a spirit that's rampant on the minds of God's people to just quit and give up. You say, I would never do that. But yet we have in this regard, we sit unmoved. Our quitting no, is no more of, I'm, no, I'm just going to uh, quit church altogether and go out and do crazy stuff. That's the old-fashioned quitting. Nowadays, we don't do that. We just stay on the pew and be lost. I'm not preaching about that, but it sure preaches good. He said, you cannot take a shortcut because where I'm taking you in the wilderness... There's an effect that the wilderness will have on you that is not only going to save you, it's going to establish you and it's going to fulfill promises that I've established long before you ever took your first breath. This is what makes the church the church. This is not about you. This is not about Scott Benoit. This is about the promises of God that started before you and I came on this Wednesday night and God's looking for a people that he can thrust into the wilderness and he can trust us with trouble he said I'm not going to make it easy because if I do you're going to turn and you're going to quit Deuteronomy 8 says it for the Lord shall remember all the ways which the Lord God lead thee these 40 years he's talking about when I put him in the wilderness why did I put you in the wilderness 
I put you there to humble you. To prove you. And that you would know what's in your heart. Before God's going to trust you with his glory. He's got to know he can trust you with the things. Before he can trust you with glory. Can he trust you with his gold? Before he gives me glory, can he trust? So God allows you and I to go through times that we don't understand. Not because God wants to penalize us. Or not that God wants to hurt you and I. He just wants us to understand. There are things I'm going to learn in the wilderness that's going to better position me for the promises of God that he's wanting to bring to our back door. He said, I just need to know. Are you going to keep my commandments? We live in an hour now. People are so fickle. Come on, I didn't get no amens because I'm talking to probably you. We're fickle. I'm fickle. One day I feel this and another day I feel. And what God's trying to show you and I is this. I put you in a wilderness that I can settle down your emotions. That I can settle down your fear. That I can settle down your worry. I'm not trying to destroy you. I want you to see that in the wilderness. The word wilderness means promise. In the wilderness is the promise that you need. That's going to sustain you when you go through things you don't think you're ever going to make it out. Can I get anybody that would say yes I've been there. I know what it's like when I'm about to lose my mind and everything's falling apart. But God never left me and God never forsook me. He said, I want to know, will you keep it? Before I give you that job, before I give you what you're asking me for, I'm talking to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. You're asking for this one thing. I know what I've been asking for. I've been asking for it for 20 years. And I ain't yet got it. That don't mean God's any less or God can't or God don't love me or God don't care about me. What that means is, is God's not giving me a shortcut to trying to get what I want. He's saying I'm going to let you walk a walk of wilderness because I need to know that when I finally drop the promise, that's why some of us ain't never going to get a promise. Oops. Drop my watermelon. Because we'll never pass the wilderness test. And he's not going to. He'd rather you saved right now with no promise. Than you get the promise and be lost. And at least now you ain't got your promise. But you can be saved. But here's the thing. I started this not to just barely get by, Bentley. I started this because I want everything that God's got for me. And if there's something in me he's got to work out, then God work it out. Just do it whatever you got to do. Do it quickly that I can see the promises of God for me. I can see my family come. I can see a revival that shakes a state. I don't just want to be saved. I want to be saved with that promise. If God promised me peace, then I want to see the peace of God. 
if God promised me things of tangible things, I'm not talking about a, 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 a bitly. No pun intended. Jen, no pun. You got one. He just don't go very fast, maybe. Gotcha. I don't want tangible junk. I want things that's going to benefit the kingdom. I'm not looking to make a name of popularity or become some teller of age. That's not what I'm after. What I'm after is I want to see people grow. I want to see the kingdom of God expand. I want to see blinded eyes open, deaf ears unstopped. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see people that are devil possessed, the devil cast out of them, and them in their right mind worshiping Jesus as their Lord. I want to see these things that God's promised as part of the kingdom. Folks, we're in the end time. This thing is shifting radically now. trying to get to my point he said when I give it to you I need to know that I can trust you folks hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight much of what we do not see in our life is because God's wanting to know can I trust you and when he can look down at you and I brother Joe and say I can trust you I can trust you to be faithful. I can trust you not to use it for yourself. I can trust you to, to use it for the glory of my kingdom. I can trust you that you're going to make sure that I'm the center of your life. When God says, I can trust you, there ain't no greater thing other than well done, thou faithful servant, that God could say for you and I on this earth. It would be, I can trust you. I can trust you with trouble. I can trust you with blessing. I can trust you with a promise because I know you're not going to let it go to your head. But you're going to know I'm the source by which you received it. And your every day will be a day that you praise me for it. So in eternity, well done, thou faithful servant. You made it. But earth, I can trust you. If he can't trust us, Sister Joan, Brother Keith, then there's probably a good chance. So you know what God does? Here it is. Right now, if I ask, who wants God to trust them? Whoo, thank you, Brother Joe. Johnny on the spot. Joe on the spot. Whew. We all want that, right? Okay, and you know what you just did? You just threw yourself in the wilderness. You just threw yourself in a wilderness, Sister Patty, where there's beasts and there's animals. There's figures in the wilderness that you ain't got no knowledge of. Things, spirits you ain't never even heard of before are in the wilderness. And let me tell somebody this. We're in the end time. This thing is shifting and changing very quickly. Why? Because God is looking. We're, we're coming. I'm fast forwarding now the end of my message. We're about to come out of the wilderness. The church has been in the wilderness And God's been preparing God's been molding God's been shaping God's been cultivating He's been changing our prayer Brother Langley I don't pray the same way I prayed I don't look at God the same way I did 10 years ago That's a good thing I see him now like I've never seen him before I see him as a risen savior Yeah But now I've been in the wilderness of sickness And he healed my body I see him as a healer now I've been in a wilderness of the... a wilderness of despair and I've seen him as my provider that happened in the last 10 years 
So if you want God to trust you, then you just got thrusted. Now here's where we are. Go back to my main verse, Exodus 13. And whatever verse I started, if not, I'll run up there and find it for you. I don't remember. Pharaoh let him go. And he said, I'll take them. I can't let you go through the land of the Philistines. That verse. Yeah. And God said, lest they turn from war and return back. Now go back to, stay there. But we go back to Deuteronomy. I'm trying to know, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Can I send you down a road that you ain't never been before? Can I send you down a place of revival that no church has ever been before? I'm preaching prophetically right now. This church has been called to a different level of revival. And at any moment, we can stay on the edges of the wilderness and say, you know what, I ain't going there. I, I, oh, I'll go for Benoit's sake because I, I, I like him. But don't do it for Benoit's sake. Do it for your family's sake. Do it for your son and daughter's sake. Do it for the community that ain't moved in a hundred years. That now would be the day that they move into a revival. And God's looking for churches in this end time that are willing to make the shift. Not some happy clappy thing. But we just kind of da 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 and there ain't no doctrine. You hear me. Unpracticed truth, unpreached truth is unpracticed truth. That's why you ought to thank God every day that we got preachers that preach the truth to us. Man's got to repent. A man's got to be baptized in Jesus' name. A man's got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got to live holy and godly and separated from the world. That's the truth. When you don't preach it because you're afraid of a number, I'm hitting up against something right now in the Spirit. I need some help. This is what's been bombarding me for the last three weeks. I made reference to it the other night. I could just back off and just say, let's just be happy, clappy, and don't preach no truth, and let's just, no, 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 no. It don't work that way. I'm on a mission, and God's looking to me saying, can I trust you? I got promises that God's about to bring for me, and I gotta let God know, God, if you gave me this truth, I'm not just gonna return what you gave me, but I'm gonna give you back interest. I'm gonna preach it till my tonsils fall out, that there'll be some that would be converted. Some are going to be converted. Some are not. Just Tiffany, my struggle is the knots. Today I'm driving. I begin to weep. I begin to cry. Because then I kept telling them, God, I can't do nothing else. I can't do nothing else. I need you to wake up the Paul that's hidden in kinder. Come on, Paul. Y'all with me? I need you to wake the Paul up in kinder. What are you saying? I'm talking one that diabolically opposes this truth. I need God to give him a Damascus Road experience. Because you can't change him, and I can't change him. But I know a God that when he finds a church... Hear me. If God says he can trust Indian village, then God will go and do the exponential supernatural and bring a Paul into our midst. But if God can't trust us, 
If he can't trust us to be faithful in praise, if he can't trust us to be faithful in worship, if he can't trust us to give God everything we got, then God's not going to bring those that are bound that we're begging him for. cried bitterly and I said God I need you to bring us and I didn't know tonight I didn't even have this rope down I never even it's just random man I'm sitting at my desk 4.30 you asked me bring you a Paul now you need to ask them can I trust them You wonder why you're fighting hell and getting your brains beat out? You wonder why you're fighting so much junk? While you're fighting, while you're fighting, while you're fighting. You want me to go down the list? While you're fighting, while you're fighting, while you're fighting, while you're fighting, while you're fighting. You know why? Because you made up in your mind. I cannot stay at the edge of the wilderness. That's where most Christianity stays. They stay at the edge. I'm not saying we got to, oh God, just crucify, kill me and be some masochist. That's not what I'm advocating. But what I'm saying is this. When you get this revelation, as soon as you step into the wilderness, you just stepped into God's economy. Because the promise is his promise. It's not your promise. You may put your label on and say, my promise is my kids coming. My promise is my community being saved. You need to remember something. You didn't die for them. You didn't die for this community. The promise is greater than Indian Village. All I've got to be is willing to walk in the wilderness and be faithful. Because here's what some of us, we're like them. It's not an easy road, but we keep looking over our shoulder going, surely there's an easier way to do this. Huh, brother? Surely there's another way to do this. That brother Benoit don't pass out while he's preaching because his veins pop out. Surely there's another way to do this. And we look over our shoulder going, man... It don't take all that. It don't take all that. He said, you got to understand. They're going to want to turn. Go to the next verse, Brother Ron. Watch. <laughs> okay, you should have shouted right there. What does it say? But God. God let them. This ain't your journey. This ain't your life. This ain't Scott Benoit's ministry. I put my head on the block. This ain't about me and my popularity. This ain't about whether you or I ever acclaim or ascend to some high-ranking status in some church realm. You hear me? It's about but God. God has called us, Sister Sandra, out of darkness into his marvelous light. And God's grabbed us by the hand and he's saying, come on now. I got a journey I want you to take with me. And it ain't going to be as bad as you think it is. This battle's not going to be as bad as you think it is. Life is not going to be as hard as you think it is. 
And God led them through the way. They ain't there yet. Go study it. They ain't there yet. He was speaking prophetically. God led them through the way. They never went. They ain't there yet. But God's saying, as long as you let me lead you, as long as you let me guide you, you're coming out of this wilderness. You're never going to die in the wilderness. Now, there were some that did die because they rebelled against God and they opposed the work of God. And as long as you and I rebel and are opposed, then yeah, we're going to lose what we got. But as long as we stay faithful and as long as we stay obedient and as long as we stay honest before God, God's saying, I'm going to lead you through the way of the wilderness you're coming out you're not going to stay what's that old song oh I wish I could sing man I'm just uh, passing through there it is brother Daryl y'all know that song y'all get ready that's what we're going to sing to close this world ain't my home. I'm just passing through. Devils can't hurt me. Discouragement can't hurt me. Fear can't hurt me. Only if I let it in my head. But as long as I keep walking through the wilderness, it can't bring me down. I can't lose in this deal. When I signed up with God, and as long as I stay obedient to God, it's a sure thing. He's going to say, well done, thou faithful servant. And he's going to bring you through the wilderness all the way to the end. I'm just passing through. sad part sister Debbie if I looked across this congregation we're small in number tonight not everybody in here is going to make it that's the downside of the prophetic because now I'll go home with seeing your face and knowing I'm preaching to somebody that ain't never going to make it y'all think it's easy being a preacher you won't ever make it and now every Sunday I'm going to preach my guts out with the notion he's not going to ever change. See, here's the thing, Sister Johnny Sue, Brother Daryl. Those verdicts don't have to be issued as long as I understand. Listen, man was your enemy, proverbially. Man hurt you. People hurt you. God never hurt you. Why get mad and get upset with God when it was man that did you the injustice? But we get mad at God because he didn't give us the right spouse. <laughs> Oops. I slipped up again. Oops. We get mad at God. Because you're at, your spouse is acting a fool. And you're trying to live right and they're not. Or your kids. And we get mad at God. God, why can't I have a good leave it to beaver family? Nobody knows about that. Y'all don't watch TV. I want it perfect. 
Don't work that way. Life is going to throw you curves that you didn't expect. But you've got to remember, in the wilderness of life, the promise is inside it. And if you just keep walking, why do you think I preach my guts out on praise? God gave me another one. Y'all better watch out. If he lets me go on this praise venture, we ain't ever coming out. I preach on it every Sunday. He gave me another nugget. I, I, I just can't stand it. I'm going to give it to you now. He said, you're fat on food. That's why you can't praise. He's speaking of spirit. He's speaking of the thing. You're fat on the pleasures of life. And you can't praise. So if I see somebody that can't praise God, Brother Bush, now, they're full of stuff. And good is not the qualifying factor. Well, they're a good person. I, I, I got a sermon on that too. Just don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Ten second time out, Benoit. <laughs> Here's what God's trying to show us, Brother Will. That wilderness is going to be a battle. But now watch. He led them the way of the wilderness. It's prophetically speaking, you're coming through. The wild Red Sea and the children of Israel went up and they came out in order. Listen, folks, this is the precursor. Tell them they're going to have to wait now. <laughs> Go and take the under, undertaker. Go and take them. <laughs> I'm calling you daddy, boy. <sighs> The precursor to the wilderness. Here it is. Order and confusion leaving. Here's what God was trying to say, Brother Wade. I'm going to bring you into the wilderness. And it's going to be a battle that's going to be tough, Brother McNabb. But before you go in, I'm going to bring order to your mind and family. That if you'll just maintain what I give you, you're coming through. What? Uh, come on, let's be honest. Man, when we're in the, Sister Patty, when I'm in the middle of the wilderness, Brother Larry, what's one of the greatest battles that we face? Confusion. I, I, can, I get confused. When I'm in the wilderness, I get confused. Why? Because the enemy's going all the way back to the beginning saying, if I can get them confused and out of order, they'll die in the wilderness. That's what those, those boys died in the wilderness, rebellion and unbelief. And that preacher's real good, Kadesh Barnea and all that bunch of craziness. But you know what really did it? They got out of order. That's where it came from. And anytime I get out of order with God, I'm a sitting duck to confusion in my mind. Watch, next verse. And Moses took the bones of Joseph first straight. Go next verse. Oh, here him. And they took their journey, here it is, from Sukkoth and encamped at the edge. So here's what God did. God prophetically, Brother Keith, said, you're going through, Brother Smith. You see it? But then here's what he did. Now watch me. This is the punchline to the whole deal. They came to Sukkoth. What's Pharaoh? The devil. He's coming up the backside, right? They're facing an unknown future in a wilderness a promise that they don't understand and they don't even get. Is that not like now? Like right now I preach. God wants to heal you. And people come in from the world going, what's that mean? You get it? That's an unknown. They people, the wilderness is, you don't understand it. But here it is. They're at Sukkoth. Sukkoth is a type of Holy Ghost baptism. 
Get it? Here it is. You can have the Holy Ghost, but never have the promises of God. You got the promise, but you never get the fulfillment of the promises of God because we stay at the edge. So what's the antidote? Because I can explain it like this. We got a world right now, Sister Christine. They all got the Holy Ghost now. Everybody got the Holy Ghost. But what makes the church the promised entity? It ain't the Holy Ghost. It's the Red Sea. It's water baptism. That's why you start baptizing people and you're going to stir up the spirit world like you ain't never seen before. You start baptizing people. Why? Because the enemy ain't worried about you getting a tongue-talking experience. He's more worried about you burying that old man in the water and coming out a new creature, Mike. Everybody getting the Holy Ghost. But the thing that makes us different, Brother Larry, what makes me cross over into the wilderness of promise or the promise in the wilderness, ma'am, is Red Sea. And that's where this thing's coming to a head in the end time, Will. It's going to come down to baptism in Jesus' name. Why do you think people fight so hard against the oneness of God? Again, I make it very clear. I'm not against. And Bible study the other night, you weren't there. Sister June, y'all weren't there. And you can verify this. I'm not against the people that hold that. Please understand that. Let me make that very clear. I love people, and I, I'm against the hierarchy that's teaching that vomit. The innocent people. And that's why I begin to weep today, Bentley, because I begin to think about the knots. The ones that ain't going to make it. And I see them so blinded by this false doctrine of, 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 of a trinity. That there's three gods and all this kind of hoopla. And I begin to weep and say, God, what's going to happen? And that's when he says, can I trust you? Can I trust them? And if I can trust them, I will pull the veil back from their eyes. God's telling me this. He said, I'll pull the veil back from their eyes and they're going to see that there's only one God. And when they see it, it's going to fill that building to capacity. Why? Because there was a church that was willing to say, I'm going to go all the I'm not going to stay on the edge of the wilderness. I'm going to go all the way. What separates us and what's going to separate us in the end time is going to be baptism. And many stay on the edge. I know people right now, they see Holy Ghost. They see the essentials of the Holy Ghost. But they cannot let go of water baptism. They cannot let go that, 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 that you've you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. They can't let it go. And my issue with it is this. There's nowhere in the New Testament after Matthew. Matthew 28, 19 is all you got. One, I got countless others that they were baptized in Jesus' name. The birth of the church, there was no formula of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It was all in Jesus' name. So with that truth that I know, Brother Sean, that every fiber in my being is trying to hold that truth as a... I'm about to close. 
Here's how I know to explain it, Brother Wade. I go into a place and, I, and around these people. Now, I get it. I'm, I'm a little different duck. I know that. I'm different. I know. I'm weird. I, I know. I get it. Brother Mark can tell. But when I walk sometimes into a place, I feel, and I know it's people of un, they don't believe, I feel this attack against this one God message that burns in my soul. I know I'm not stupid and immature enough to know they're against me. They love me. They shake my hand. They greet me. But in the spirit, I feel this gnarling and just, ugh. you say, Benoit, you're crazy. I ain't never felt that. When you get in the kingdom, you're going to feel some of these. Some of you are already feeling it now. You just didn't know what it was. If you're carrying the name and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to hear me. That's where all this attack's coming from against your mind and against your family and against your home. But God gave us the answer. He's going to have a church and whether the church is in the wilderness or out of the wilderness, God's going to give us a revival that's going to shake this area like it's never been shaken before because God found the people in Indian Village and he's bringing more people to Indian village that he can trust go to the next verse brother Ron I'm coming to the close and the Lord went before them here it is they have pillar cloud lead them by the way by night fell a fire go night next verse and here it is God led them but he never left them you see how simple these words are God's never going to leave you it don't matter how difficult it is. I heard about your Bible study. You teaching all that. And things. Welcome to the club. You get a badge. I've had them sitting in a Bible study. And that, old, that little Chinese lady. Her little eyes roll back. I'm like. You eat too much or what babe? My God. Oh spirit speaks out of her. She starts groaning. You know what that means? I'm not going to go write a book. But I tell you what it means. I was at the right place at the right time. And we were taking something. We were in a wilderness of San Francisco. And we were trying to reach for people. But here's what God was trying to show you. There's nothing that you can go into that God can't keep you and your family through. That's why I'm telling some of you right now, your aunt, listen to me in the Holy Ghost. Some of your answer for your family's breakthrough is you teaching a Bible study that you've never done, doing outreach like you've never done. I, can, I could preach you sermon. I got sermons galore on when you do, God does. When you do what you've never done, God will do what's. Preacher, you want just Sunday? And God's showing you and I, we're in a wilderness of the end time. And we have chosen not to stay on the edge. We have chosen to go through. The next verses is, they go through the Red Sea. And they conquer it. And they come out on the other side. And verse 5, uh, chapter 15, and Moses and Miriam are going to shout and tambourine it. And they're going to do all that stuff. And watch what happens in 15. No sooner they get on the other side. Separation, order. God said, I'm bringing you through. As soon as they get on the other side, brother, Daryl, they come to the bitter waters. The first lesson in the wilderness is, can you get over bitterness? I'm telling you, this is I never preached this in my life, have I? 
Can you get over bitterness? The first thing that's going to come to you and I when we first come to God, uh, Chloe, is going to be offense. And you getting over a resentment against people. Now hear me. Watch what the people did. The people started complaining. They started murmuring. What, who did they complain against? Come on, somebody. Take a gander. i tell you if you're wrong. Moses. Moses. Because they didn't have enough. They're not going to get mad at God. So they're going to find the next thing to God. And they're going to destroy the man of God. And the first attack that's coming against our church is going to be against me and my family. And the next attack is going to be coming against my, the board. Or it's going to be coming against the Sunday school teachers. Or the leadership or the elders of the church. And then it's coming after the rest of them. So you say, what's the answer? Let me give you the answer. When the children of Israel came out and, and they were a conquering land, the Bible said the Amalekites came from the backside. It attacked the women and the children. The men went first. The women and children went second. Come on, stay with me. And as they're leaving out, the Amalekites attacked from the backside, the women and the children. And the Bible said, it translates like this. They came against the throne of God. And God says, because you attacked the innocent women and the little bitty children that couldn't defend themselves. You, in essence, came against my throne. And now I will wage a war against the Amalekites. So the answer for you and I is this. If I keep moving forward in what God's given. You can't lose. And the first lesson. Here's what they said. I don't want the bitter water. Musicians come. Y'all come. Here's the lesson. God never wanted them to not drink the bitter Hear me. He wanted them to drink the bitter water. Fast forward. Gethsemane. What did he drink? The bitter cup. Part of the wilderness, life is going to try to make you bitter. Drink it and trust God. Because it's lesson one-on-one when you move into the wilderness. Offense, problems, discontentment. Come on, we could take it back to the old days, Brother Keith. Some of you elders, y'all remember, Brother Darrell? Well, the thermostat's too hot. It's too cold in here. It's too hot in here. I done wore out the pad on my pew. We need to repad the pews. Discontentment. Nothing's good. The sound's too loud. Brother Ron's too slow on the media. Brother Jared's got it cranked up. My drums are beating. Discontent. First lesson, right in the beginning. Now, here's the kicker on the whole deal. And I, I, I quit right here. Last point. God never wanted to cure the water. Hear me. History. Many of the rabbinical Jews say this. That water that was bitter had an ability that when they drank it, it would purge and detox their body from all the garlic and herbs of Egypt that they wouldn't crave the taste no more. But we fight it and go, vengeance is mine. That's God, you did me wrong. 
And God's saying, pray through. Because that bitter feeling and anxiety you're feeling is the very thing when you pray through it, it's going to work something in you and detox something out of you that you can't get out of yourself. I say again, many of the trials and problems we go through is nothing more than God trying to detox us from junk in our past that you cannot get out of yourself or myself by just a now lay me down to sleep prayer. So Mo says, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And many times that's what happens. The man of God gives in. He didn't compromise. He gave in to the lustful desires of the people. Only to prolong the process. God, that's so powerful. Here's what it's made me do, Sister Debbie. Preach to me, preacher. You can't offend me, preacher. Preach everything you got that I can see what I need to do to be better in the kingdom of God. Don't put off something, preacher. Don't not preach a message that God's telling you to preach because you're worried about offending me, preacher. I wish somebody listened to me in the Holy Ghost because I'm there. I got about five messages I want to preach, but I don't want to do it because I know I'm going to offend somebody in here. This ain't about bad. It's about God's preparing us for an end time harvest that he can trust us with. And if that's you tonight, stretch your hands as high as you can and declare to God, I want him to trust. I didn't get to finish everything. Oh, there's just, I'm telling you what, the heaven just opened up. I see it so clear. And Mo put that thing in the water, and the waters were made sweet, when really, it should have stayed bitter to purge them. And watch, go read the last chapter, 15, last verses of 15. Moses now has to go before the Lord and says, okay, I did it. Where do we go to now? What's the next step? Somebody hear me. This battle that we're fighting in the spirit, those of you that are engaged in it, many of you are. Probably 70% of this church is engaged in spiritual warfare right now. You hear me. It's part of our wilderness. But let the work take its course. I'm preaching to myself. I just told her, lie, did I lie? am I lying? Told her, come into church tonight. I said, I'm telling you. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what I, I said at the end of that? It's a season. It's just a season. And this season's going to pass. And when it passes, we're going to conquer the Hittites. We're going to conquer the Amorites. We're going to conquer the... We're going to get them all, Brother Darrell. I'm telling y'all, y'all done got the wrong dude here. I want every bit of it. I told you I'm greedy. I want the Hittites. Brother Wade, I want the Amorites. I want the Zebusites, the King Knights, the whatever. But I'm after the main dude. <laughs> Sister June, I'm after the Jebusites. You know why? Because the Jebusites have put their name where the name of the Lord is. 
and I say it for this area there's been a Jebusite that's put its name saying you got to be baptized in some formula I declare tonight to that Jebusite spirit there's only one God hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and in him will I serve is there anybody that wants to serve the Lord thy God with all your heart might soul and strength Come on, step out of that pew. Raise your hands. We're on a journey and we're going home one day. Come on, lift your voice. I'm just passing through. My church is on. 